0: By the way, I just released my ebook, Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to Mikosantos.co slash free book. That is M I K O S A N T O S dot co slash free book.
1: This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab australia's independent video and podcast company we do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to we make podcasts easy book a call at www.kangaroofern.com a kangaroo
2: fern production
0: coming up next on that podcast is
2: change think about which episodes you know what you want to craft and what the focus of each episode is going to be and if you can map that out before you record your first episode your chances of reaching episode number 10 are going to be greater than if you just say wing it for the first episode with really no idea who you're trying to target what you're trying to talk about and then just leave it at that
1: you're listening to that podcast exchange podcast exchange the show that will provide you valuable information and advice from world-class podcast experts to teach you the best practices to be successful in podcasting. The show for early-stage podcasters and service providers to give them the latest trends, news, and new opportunities in the podcast industry. Now, on to the show with your host, Miko Santos, the founder of Kangaroofern Media Lab.
0: On today's episode, we are privileged to have a chat with Matchmaker.fm founder, James Mulvaney. And we are talking about how to plan a good interview in your podcast and also how to create a good call to action. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Zencaster. It's an all-in-one podcast production software that gives you studio quality, Audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. It's record each guest locally, then upload the crystal clear audio and video right into the software. So you have a high-quality raw materials to to work with. To our listener, you get thirty percent off for a Sendcaster professional account. Just put the promo code dot podcast exchange. So I said the promo code dot podcast exchange. All right, let's dive into our episode for today with James Mulvaney.
2: Hey Miko, how's it going?
0: How did you start? So you got three good projects or programs: the radio.co, the podcast.co, yeah. and matchmaker.m. How did it start
2: I've been an entrepreneur for since I was 16. Like I first started out when I was just left school. Um, a lot of my friends were going out and getting jobs working like in McDonald's or Subway or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to see how I can make some money online. So that's like basically how I got started. And since then, I've um, run, run a number of different businesses. Most have been in the audio streaming or the audio space in general. That's where sort of my passion lies. I was originally like interested in going to radio as a DJ. So back in when I was younger, like I wanted to go on air. But I was also really, really interested in the technical aspects of radio and how do you get audio and put it on the internet. So this was like way back in like 2004, 2005, around then, which was when I launched my first ever business. And since then, you know, I've, as I say, kind of always stuck with audio. So radio.co, we launched in 2015, really, really successful business. We grow into around 5,000 customers or just shy of 5,000 customers now with podcast.co that came a couple of years later. And then Matchmaker, which is a community platform that connects podcasters with their guests, that launched in 2020, uh, just around the time the pandemic hit. So March 2020, we launched Matchmaker around then into kind of like beta and pandemic hit, a lot of people stuck at home and a lot of people decided to start podcasts. And wanted to connect with people in, in ways that they couldn't do before, because obviously suddenly you couldn't go and do face to face interviews. Everything had to be done online, um, which is why Matchmaker grew, I think, so quickly. And uh, we're at 40,000 users now, Matchmaker, which is awesome. Well, so
0: 40,000 user on Matchmaker. Mm. Did you expect that?
2: No, I mean, remember when we first launched, it was like the challenge was, how do we get to 100 users? And then I thought, okay, how do we get to 1000 users? And then it was right, like, let's try and see once we got to 1000, which actually happened pretty quickly, we managed to probably go from zero to 1000 within the first, I'd say, like month or so. We had about 200 people who were kind of on the waiting list, if you like, so that they were our first early stage users we had some really good feedback from them. Uh, We we then kind of put it out to the public and and started getting more and more traction. And then it was kind of a case of like, how do we hit 10,000, you know, and then 20,000 came really quickly. The growth has slowed a little bit over the last six months or so. I think that's just partially because like pandemics kind of getting back to normal and uh, things things are sort of going back to normal. So people aren't sat around as much like thinking about starting podcasts or whatever but we are still growing and you know we're still getting hundreds of users signing up every single week which is amazing and yeah it's it's great it's really interesting to run three different software platforms that all kind of have some synergies between them so although radio.co for example is completely different to matchmaker and podcast.co is is different again um, there's there's a lot of correlation between them
0: that's great so you say matchmaker is still growing so saying that if you are an early stage podcaster you have yeah. to be on on that platform to grow your podcast.
2: I would say if you want to get more exposure for your own podcast going on other people's podcasts is a must. It just because number 1 you can kind of tell other people about your show but you know also you've got to think about it as a networking tool. You know, you're meeting other people in your industry or who are doing similar things. You might pick up some tips from them, go on other people's podcasts. I think matchmaker is a crucial tool for anyone who's starting a podcast. Don't Don't worry. It doesn't matter if you haven't got any listeners or if you're just growing your audience and you're only starting to get a little bit of traction, you know, the sooner you can start networking and meeting other podcasters. And by the way, matchmaker doesn't just connect podcasters with guests. We also connect podcasters with podcasters. So we have, um, People who are interested in doing promo swaps or content collaboration, uh, you know, on the platform as well. Uh, so, yeah, the sooner you can get networking, get out there and start chatting to other podcasters, the better. I think that's crucial for anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast or has just launched. own.
0: So networking, why networking?
2: Networking is, I suppose it's, it's kind of just like in real life, isn't it? You know, if you go to conferences or you attend different events, in your local area or sometimes you might fly even further to go to conferences generally speaking like you know you meet people who are really passionate and engaged with the same types of things that you are whatever that might be you know if it's a business conference or it could be you know you go into a comic conference or something about this sort of like uh i don't know uh, i used to go i used to be really interested in woodworking when i was a kid so i used to go to like woodworking events for example right so you it's great just to hang out with people who are interested in the same things as you so that's networking in re- the real world, right? The same applies to podcasting. If you're going to go out and, and meet people on Zoom and chat to them, or if you're recording podcasts with them, you know, it can only be a good thing. You can use it to share information, get ideas, and fuel creativity.
0: So we know that podcasting is completely exploded during the pandemic. Do you think podcasting is overpopulated? If you no, not
2: at all. No, no. I mean... The interesting thing is like we went from just before the pandemic I think I think there was something like 800,000 podcasts on Apple and they then announced I think it was like April last year so April 2020 that they hit a million podcasts and now they're up to 2. Point, I think it's 2.3, 2.4 million so just in that year they've doubled the number of podcasts so there is a huge number of a huge amount of growth in that short period of time for sure but what's interesting is most of those podcasts if the figures like 26% of all podcasts something like that Have got only one episode. So people have thought, I'm going to start the podcast. They record an episode, they publish it, goes up onto iTunes or or Apple Podcasts, and uh, then they kind of give up, you know, and they feel a bit sort of like, oh, well, I didn't get a million listeners to my first episode. So why should I bother recording the second? Which, of course, is, you know, unrealistic expectations. I think people go into it thinking they could put in a, a minimum amount of work and just suddenly, you know, get this huge audience the reality is you know of course you've got to work really hard and you've got to be consistent with what you're doing if you're not consistent if you don't work hard you're not going to get the audience you want unless you already have a name for yourself or a, you know an audience that you've already built so for example like let's say you're super famous or you've got lots of followers on Instagram or you've got like a YouTube channel or you've got a business that has a you know a big email marketing list that those kind of things make it easier to launch a podcast for sure but if you're just starting from nothing you've got to work hard at it
0: work hard so what is the challenges you encounter if a new podcaster just launched their show
2: well i think a lot of people when they they start out they don't really know what makes a good podcast you know they kind of go at it and they just think oh you know let's just record something they don't think about it so i think the first thing to do is think about who your audience is who do you want to reach and literally map out my advice to new podcasters is working on it season at a time. Don't just commit to doing one episode every week for a year because it will become too much work. And you know, if you're a busy person, if you've got all the time in the world, let's say you're retired or something, or you you know you don't have to work for whatever reason, sure, do do an episode a week. But m- most of us, we've got to work, and we're doing a podcast as something that's kind of side project, right? So the best thing to do is is craft a podcast in seasons. Uh, look at doing maybe six, eight, ten episodes for a, per season. Then you need to look at what each episode in that season contains, and how do those episodes relate to each other. So like, rather than just thinking of each episode as its own thing, think of the whole season as a story, each episode links together, and you're kind of telling a story. And and that can be something that's kind of, I don't know, fictional, like, you know, if you're doing like a true uh, crime podcast, or telling stories, that kind of stuff. Or it could be like, you know, real world advice, like say you're doing a podcast about I don't know, health and nutrition or business or marketing. Like, Think about which episodes you want to craft and what the focus of each episode is going to be. And if you can map that out before you record your first episode, your chances of reaching episode number 10 are going to be greater than if you just, say, wing it for the first episode with really no idea who you're trying to target, what you're trying to talk about, and then just leave it at that.
0: So you're saying you need to have a good plan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Plan, 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 plan. And also, again, you know, if you can try and plan So, if you're interviewing guests, get good questions to ask that guest, you know, find out, uh, you know, if they're an expert, let's say you create a podcast on marketing, and you want to find an expert on search engine optimization. Well, what questions do your audience have about SEO? What, what things could you ask that expert that will really draw on their expertise and their knowledge that would make an interesting conversation? If you just go to it unscripted and have no idea what to talk about? or haven't really researched SEO, you don't know, maybe know that much about it yourself. Well, your, your conversation could be, end up being pretty bland or not re- containing very much depth. Whereas if you come to them with like some really, really good probing questions that kind of will allow them to kind of put their expertise forward in the best possible way, your episode is going to be much more exciting and engaging for the audience. So planning is, is crucial, I think, to, to creating any good podcast.
0: Next question about that is how to make your listener engage
2: to your podcast. This is always, this is is a good question. I love this. I think podcasters, again, one of the downfalls, they don't spend enough time thinking about how to engage with people, right? I'm a marketer. I love building businesses and websites and creating funnels and all that kind of stuff, that kind of nerdy marketing. And the first and foremost thing about marketing is you want to try and get that person's contact details. You want to create some kind of activation, which causes them to say, oh yeah, by the way, my name is Bob jones and here's my email bob at gmail.com right that's the first thing you try and do as a marketer but podcasters don't tend to do this and i find this astonishing so when i create content for my youtube channel for example most of my videos at the end will have some kind of thing known as a cta which stands for call to action and that is basically saying if you enjoy this video and you want to learn more about dot 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 so if i'm creating a video about podcasting i have for example on my my website jamesm.com slash podcast a free download which people can go to, which is like a five-step checklist to starting a new podcast. So if I'm creating a video talking about anything to do with podcasting, quite often I'll put that call to action at the end. And then when people find my videos on YouTube or they'll listen to an episode of a podcast, they'll hear that message, they'll then go to my website, they'll give me their name, they'll give me their email address. Suddenly I have a line of communication between me, the, the podcaster, and the listener. That's crucial because you want to be able to, you don't want to just rely on people to subscribe to your podcast. I don't think that's very effective for two reasons. Number one, not everyone subscribes now. Quite a lot of people just come to listen to one episode and then they might find that episode really interesting. But if you don't get that person's attention and you don't draw them to your website, say, to get their contact details, they can easily just forget about you and move on to the next show. But also it allows you to update people when new content's available. So if you're posting new episodes, You can email them. As I mentioned, not everyone's going to be subscribed. And also, you know, if you're like me, you end up subscribed to loads of podcasts and you kind of end up not listening to a lot of them because you just don't have the time, you know, and it's like, how do you compete against, I think, you know, let's say the average person subscribes to like 10 or 20 different podcasts. They're not going to try and they're not going to have 10 or 20 sort of hours a week to devote to listening to each and every single episode of the podcast. So you have to figure out a way to stand out. And I think building a relationship with your audience is is really key to doing that.
0: So how do you do that? Aside from a lot of podcasters now, they also create community as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, creating a sort of like a private Facebook group, something like that, that works really well. You know, again, it gives people part of the problem, I think, with with the podcasting ecosystem is it's not really been updated much since 2004. Now, there is a group of people who are kind of pushing to update the podcast RSS standards. This is where we start getting quite technical and nerdy. So I'll try and keep this simple. But they're trying to basically, you know, encourage companies like Apple and Spotify to, to bring what you can do as part of a podcast up to date. Now, when I say this, if you think about you post a YouTube video, what can people do? They can comment so they can engage with the discussion of what you're talking about in the video and not only that they can comment on specific timestamps as well so they can talk about certain points within the video that's really for me like a key part of a podcasting that's lacking like uh, there's no way for your listeners to engage with specific parts of your episode or or give any kind of feedback Uh, so yeah i mean the, the easiest way of doing that is to use a platform that you know everyone's on something like facebook or Twitter and just encourage listeners to, to engage with you that way and, and talk to each other as well because the chances are your listeners will all have things in common they'll all share the same kind of passion for whatever topic it is that you're you're purveying on your podcast they want to talk about similar things so if you can get those guys together in the same group fantastic you'll have a great time in there
0: so you say video so YouTube is a video but yeah. what, what, what is your opinion about because I think Spotify is trying to do the video podcast now. What is the future? What What is your opinion about that? What's happening to podcasting space?
2: It's interesting. I guess this is like where you beg the question, like what is a podcast, right? For a lot of people, the term podcast is a sort of, it's a term to describe like a show where quite often it'll be two people chatting or someone interviewing a guest, but normally it's kind of like content that you follow and you'll listen to and it's audio. But I think increasingly people just view podcasts as video as well. Like There are loads of podcasts that are getting most of their listeners on YouTube. I mean, I think Joe Rogan was a classic example of that. Obviously now he's moved entirely to Spotify whether Spotify allowing video podcasts video podcasts have always actually been available on, on iTunes believe it or not but it's kind of I think YouTube has really taken the video when it the crown when it comes to video on the internet you know back in, if you rewind 10-15 years ago when these video sharing platforms were kicking off YouTube was like one out of many there was loads and loads of video platforms I remember there being like sort of probably about 20 at one point and of course YouTube somehow managed to kind of Get its crown and become the number one destination. And those other video sites, some of them still exist, but most of them have gone. Uh, if you think about like Vimeo and Daily Motion, they were amongst those kind of early video sharing sites but youtube's really you know you go to you want to watch videos online you go to youtube don't you that's just become the sort of de facto video so i don't know when, when it comes to spotify adding video as i say it's already there on apple but very few people use it because i think the, th- the good thing about podcast is that you can listen to them in the background can't you you know it's audio only so it's a medium that you don't have to pa- actively engage with you can just passively listen you can tune in while stuff's going on and you know while you're doing your housework or you're driving to work or you're in the gym or whatever it might be.
0: That's the great thing about podcasts, only audio. So you can, whatever you do, you can still listen. That's the space that we need to check about the video that they're starting up. So looking at some of the YouTube personality, they now start doing their own podcasts. Is this means that podcasting is now going on a mainstream? Because Some of YouTube personality now they have their own podcast as well.
2: I think it sort of went mainstream like in 2000, I don't know, 16, 2017, maybe. That's kind of my opinion of when podcasting hit the mainstream, not just YouTube personalities, but like, you know, celebrities, you know, if you look at like a lot of celebrities have got podcasts now, certainly a lot of celebrities started podcasts over the last couple of years that has driven up audience consumption as a whole, because if you think about it, Those celebrities, they're represented in the mainstream media, which still has, you know, huge following TV, newspapers, radio, etc. Plus also, you know, big online followings with on, on other platforms so that someone someone famous launches a podcast. Well, a lot of the people who follow that person will then start listening to that podcast, but then they'll discover other podcasts as well. So they have bought, like the main, they have bought the general public to the medium. Which I think, like if you go back ten years, there was lots of podcasts around for sure, but they were very very niche. They had very selective audiences, and I think it was kind of something that was reserved maybe for people who were more like enthusiasts, sort of like technical kind of people. Uh, they weren't necessarily like stuff that people listen to there wasn't a lot of stuff for the mainstream uh, whereas now there's, there's a huge selection for the mainstream as well as, as lots of niche and interesting things as well you're saying about niche
0: so for early stage podcaster say so you have the same niche how a podcaster yeah. can stand out other
2: well the, you know that's really the question isn't it like that i guess you've got to try and figure out who your audience is first like i mentioned earlier then you know niche is good if you want to do something super specific it could be better than trying to do something general because you could really hone in on who your audience is it might be slightly less competitive but ultimately you get you, whatever whatever industry you're in there's always going to be a podcast there now I was talking to uh, one of my financial advisors a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that he listens to several podcasts that are targeted towards people who are financial advisors. So, you know, it's like whatever industry you're in, there'll be podcasts, not just targeted towards the general public, but for people who work in that specific industry too. So again, that's a, a prime example of how you could do something that's kind of really specific and really niche.
0: So my next question is that this is always number one question to to any podcaster. How to monetize your podcast.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good one, isn't it? There's this kind of magic figure that get, gets thrown around the, the industry, which is like you need 5,000 downloads per episode to get revenue in. Now, this isn't necessarily true. If you're looking at getting kind of the programmatic ads, which are basically just when ads are automatically inserted, which actually don't pay very well they tend to come in when you're getting around 5000 downloads an episode however you know if you're getting say 500 downloads an episode or a thousand dollars an episode and you know who your audience is you'll be able to go out and find sponsors you might have to go and approach them yourself you might have to spend a lot of time pitching but you know there will be people who will be interested in advertising on your show and it's then about just brokering a deal you know ideally try and get a, a deal where you can sign them in for say three six months you know you're getting paid a certain amount every month you you know for that you'll say right we'll mention you three times throughout the episode you're getting an average audience download number of x but you know let's say you've got a podcast targeted towards another niche example i came across the other day was beauticians like the health and beauty industry that sort of thing so not targeting towards the end user not targeting towards people who you know want to do their makeup or whatever but actually targeting people who work in the health and beauty industry so you've got a podcast you're reaching 500 beauticians who are interested in listening to your podcast every single week well that's really really valuable if you're running some kind of beauty uh, products that you want to get into to the beauty market you know because uh, you know that those all those people are working with lots of clients uh, so so it's worth something you know that audience is really valuable if you're you know pitching beauty products so all you'd have to do if you had a podcast that was reaching beauticians and let's say you know you only get 500 listeners is just if you email to 10 20 different beauty product lines Say, look, I've got 500 beauticians who are listening to my show every week. Would you like to get your product in front of them? You'll probably find someone who said, yeah. And that's nothing like 5,000 downloads an episode. And... The value of that audience to that company will be far higher than say getting paid like, you know, five dollars for every thousand impressions on, on ads that you you're getting. So that's one way of monetizing, is obviously this traditional sponsorship advertising route. I think a lot of other podcasts are leaning on their audiences as well. So you know, you could go with Patreon, both I think Apple and Podcast and Spotify have got monetization options now. So you can actually create a podcast on, on Apple or Spotify which people have to pay to listen to. And obviously they'll take a cut of your revenue, but great way of of getting uh, cash in, particularly if you've got a loyal following, if you've got a good audience and you can deliver premium content, you know, people will pay to, to hear it first. People will pay to hear it without adverts in it. You know, the other things to do is sort of like more indirect. Like, so if you're running a business, using podcasts as a lead generation tool as a way to engage with your audience can be really valuable. You might not necessarily be making money directly off the podcast, so certainly a good way of driving, you know, business and, and engaging with your, your audience. So lots of brands are going into podcasting for this reason, because it helps with, with their kind of customer attention. It helps them with driving new, new business, et cetera. And also then there's other sort of various different things you can do, such as selling, selling products or selling merchandise, online courses, you name it, people have tried it.
0: So, so there's a lot of option to do if you want to monetize your, yeah. your
2: podcast. <clears throat> I think first and foremost, you know, just focus on trying to build a good, solid audience, and then I don't think you should go into podcasting. If you go into podcasting thinking I'm just going to make loads of money uh, by doing this, you're probably going to be very surprised. You know, I think you need to focus first and foremost on quality and make your podcast good and get a good audience before you start thinking about how to monetize.
0: Anything you need to have consistent episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: I spoke to James Cridland, the podcast editor of podnews.net, uh, last week. He's saying that non English podcast is growing. Why mm. do you think so?
2: You know, I don't know a lot about this topic. I know for sure I've heard this. This in, you know read this in PodNews. I think it's um, English speaking market is the biggest market, right? Um, I think Spanish is second. If I'm if I'm not, might, might be right. I guess it's just down to to prominence of the language spoken, isn't it? Really. Um, I guess there are more and more podcasts. I think it was also the general availability, like in the developing world, more people are getting smartphones, more people are getting access to the internet, which they maybe didn't have five, 10 years ago. That's probably fueling growth as well. But yeah, I think it's just one of these things, isn't it? I think um, like most things, you know, English spoken in so many different countries, a lot of people speak it as a second language as well. So that's probably why most podcasts have, have sort of ended up being English speaking. But yeah, I think you're right, there's, Or James Cridland, you know, say, if if you're kind of looking at going into a, you know, maybe creating some new podcasts, look at different, how how you can kind of enter different language markets. Again, probably there's not as much competition there. But if listeners want the content and they're not being served by a specific uh, topic, then, you know, you could be, you can get the chance of being number one, basically, Um, you know, in an English speaking capacity. But I think it's one of these things, it's sort of uh, quite an exciting time and a lot of opportunity there as well.
0: Yes, there's a lot of opportunity on podcasting nowadays. It's still an early stage. So what are you most excited about this year, James?
2: we have got lots of stuff going on at the moment, some of which I could talk about, some of which I can't. One of the things that we've just literally launched yesterday, which I'd love to talk about briefly, is we've added a community section to Matchmaker, which is really fun. So with Matchmaker, we've, as I mentioned, uh, sort of a bit b- briefly at the beginning, it connects podcasters with guests, it connects podcasters together. But the the way that it's it's built has always been very much one on one private messaging. So if you want to reach out to someone, you have a chat inbox, uh, you get an email notification when you get contacted by someone. But it's very much been about building those one on one connections. Uh, so one of the things that we're looking to do now is open it up and create more of a community where people can engage with others. So we the first step of this is. It's quite sort of limited in functionality right now, but we're going to be adding a lot to it. We now have a community forum. So if you're looking for an expert to talk about a specific topic, you can reach out to the community, you can post it in there, and everyone can see it. And if people are interested, they can then message you. Um, We're going to be making that more open. So we're going to be opening up things like comments. But more excitingly as well is I really have this vision of how we can change the way podcasts are created, because if you're creating a podcast to talk about certain issues uh, let's say you want to talk about I don't know, mental health for example you could go out there and you could get say four five different people's opinions on say how to cultivate a culture in your workplace which encourages good mental health for example you could go out there and you could find three experts on motor racing who want to talk about people to look out for in the next year that to me is is kind of like really exciting and i think you know you don't always have to just focus on interviewing one person at a time. You know, if you think about traditionally how radio and how news programs are made, they don't normally just focus on one opinion. They normally go out there and they'll get multiple people's opinions. So. Leveraging a community like Matchmaker, where there's 40,000 members we've just hit. So we'll be over 40,000. We're you know, rapidly going towards 50. And next year, I hope to hit 100,000. That's another sort of goal that we've got. You could go out there and you could get, say, three people, four people to, to kind of give their opinion and build your episode based around those three, four people's opinions. So I think that's going to be really, really interesting. And that's one of the, the goals that we have with Matchmaker to sort of open it up and create more of a, that community aspect to it, which I think is really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've been using the Matchmaker when I'm looking for, for a guest. It's a fantastic um, platform. So if you have a billboard to write one short piece of advice, James, to all our listeners or our who, who is watching right now, what would you say?
2: If you're getting started, just focus on building quality content and being consistent about it to reach your audience and just have fun. You know, Enjoy yourself. Have fun along the way. Thank
0: you. So if anyone wants to contact you through online, how they can contact you, James?
2: So I'm available uh, mainly on LinkedIn. I hang out there a lot. That's where most of my content is. I also have a, a quite an active YouTube channel. So the links to those are on my website, which is jamesm.com slash connect. You can link, find links to all the different social channels on there jamesm.com slash connect um uh, if you want to, if you've got any questions you want to reach out to me feel free to drop me a message on linkedin or uh, one of the other platforms and hopefully i'll be able to get back to you
0: all right thank you so much james Malveni. so thank you so much so all the links will be in the show notes thank you so much for that episode of that podcast is james with james and see you
2: again in two weeks time bye awesome thanks miko
0: Hello humanista. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted in the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or via RSS. If you think others could benefit from listening, please share it on your socials. And if you're a new listener, then thank you so much for checking out the show and don't forget you can find all resources links at the show notes down below since you're listening to this i can tell you that you are truly are dedicated to making a podcast that is a game changer for you your listener and scales your influence and message to the masses for that i want to give you the art of podcasting course for free To get that course, go to kangaroofirm.com slash free course. Again, that is kangaroofirm.com slash free course. If you like to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page and the link will be on our show notes. By the way, if you're looking to start your own podcast, our friend from Kangaroo Firm Media Lab can help you achieve that. Check the website at kangaroofirm.com. Again, thank you for listening. This is Miko Santos. See you in two weeks time. Check out this trailer for the upcoming episode. Coming up next on that podcast is Change. Action breeds clarity. That means each time that you decide that you will take action, it will help you move forward. At the same time, if you feel unsure of the things that you want to do, uh, by taking action, it will uncover. You will get that clarity that you want to get rather than overthinking of the what-ifs that you have in your mind by thinking and not moving. So for me, it's action breeds clarity. Make it as intimate as possible. You focus on just one person to help. And I think the opportunity of making it big to reach globally is very infinite. So start being personal and it is going to grow as global.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals, and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com wwk